You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. How we doing? Rivalry week is over. Utah comes away with another win. Is anyone shocked? It's what we do, baby. <laughs> Seven with eight on the way. Hey, I have to say I love the shot. I think KSL had it of fans yelling at Wit, supposedly saying you suck, and all he does is flash the number seven <laughs> back at him. That, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was classic. Uh, that was really good. Yeah, good win. And ugly which is what we've come to expect with uh, the Utah-BYU rivalry and game. Why is that, though? Man. Man. We just play to their level, it seems like. We just, I mean, that game should have been over in the first half. We just couldn't put it in the end zone. It's the same issues as, as a year ago with red zone. We just uh, struggling, settling for the field goals too often. Okay, we had that issue, though, last week, too, against North Dakota. I'm starting to get a little concerned about it. We're not running the ball well. You would. I don't know if this is a Zach Moss problem, an offensive line problem, but I'm starting to get concerned. I know it's BYU, and it's always a little bit wacky, but that's two weeks in a row we haven't really ran the ball particularly well in the red well, zone. I wouldn't say against North Dakota. and We, we, we ran the ball pretty well. Uh, but once we got in the red zone, we settled for field goals. Uh, yeah, a few for sure. And, I mean, early on, we're learning a new offense, have a lot of young players. So I do get it to an extent. But it's it's a trend that we've seen before. I know people are already calling out Zach Moss. And I'll be the first to admit, I am a huge Zach Moss fan. I've I've loved his game. Uh, since I first saw highlights of him when he was in high school, since you first played <laughs> eyes on him, <laughs> and the, okay, here's the here's my my favorite thing about Zach Moss is he's a little bit shorter, right? And I'm a short guy, so when I go up to practice and I'm talking to players, I, I'm usually having to stretch my arm pretty high to get you know a good recording on him. With Zach Moss, I don't have to hold it as high. I mean, he's taller <laughs> than me, but I don't hold that as high. But dude, his neck. Is humongous and his arm, like he could kill me with his pinky. <laughs> Needless is, to say, that's a little too much information. That is I guess. insight you're only going to get at the Utah Man podcast. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of him. I I think he can get the job done as the number one back. Yes, I would love to have him on Shine back. There's rumors that Devonta Henry Cole may be a little dinged up. Um, so I definitely want those guys back. But I still have a lot of faith in Zach Moss. Here's the thing with him, though. We've seen both. We've seen him run really hard at times, and just you're like, wow, the future's bright. And then you see what happened Saturday. Now, he didn't run that many times, um, so maybe he it was hard to, for him to find a rhythm. But when he did get the opportunity, it seemed like he just wasn't punching it through those holes. But he only had 11 carries in the game, and so he really was not given all that many opportunities. And a lot of those, I don't think they go to his strength, where he's trying to break it to the outside and, and go around the edge. He's more of a guy, you know, go th- go between the tackles and, and straight up the field. But 
obviously BYU did a good job. They had a good game plan coming in. They're big and they're strong up front, which you know they're going to be with Kalani. He's modeling BYU right after Utah. And and they, they had a good game plan. They were taking Moss out of the game, which left the ball in Huntley's hands a majority of the time. Now, with that being said, I I think it's too soon to uh, to bail on Moss. Um, there's potential there. To me, I'm not sure if I like him as the number one because he doesn't have the, sp- the speed, really, to be a, a, an elite Pac-12 running back. Um, and with his size, he should be our goal line guy, and he was pretty average in the in short yardage situations last year. So is he a good running back? Yes. Is he elite? I'm not sure he's going to get there. We'll, we'll find out. McCormick, don't have a lot of confidence in him. He's given an opportunity, and then he fumbles the ball away on a hit that wasn't even all that hard. And every time we use McCormick, it is to the outside. So it's we're kind of, uh, I'd like to see a little bit of uh, variation there moving forward. But I, I think we're missing shine big time. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to see is whatever the reason Devonta Henry Cole has not seen time yet, whether it's injury, whether it's discipline, whether it's just he's not getting the job done in practice, he brings to the table what we don't have in any of those other guys. He can run between the tackles, and he's got the speed. So he's got both, whereas the other guys are good at one thing or the other. I would like to see him get that opportunity, but at the same time, the O-line's got to create holes, and uh, you know, to an extent, we got to dictate to the defense instead of allowing them to dictate how we're going to play offense. I think as the season wears on, I think we'll see a better running attack as the offensive line gels more. Yeah, they're, I agree. They're pretty inexperienced as a group. And uh, is that as they progress and get into the season and play more together, I think that will obviously help the running game. But how about Huntley? Why Why did we not lead this with Huntley? <laughs> <laughs> Huntley was the story of the game. He was the star of the game. I mean, when was the last time, as a fan base, we were this excited about our quarterback play? Well, I'll tell you, the last time we had the podcast, because we didn't do one last week for some scheduling conflicts, but we talked about Huntley being named the starter, because that was the big news. And here we are two games into it, and it's pretty clear why he was named the starter. Oh, yeah. It... For anybody that was doubting, for anybody that was critical, you have your answer. It's pretty cut and dry why he won that starting job. And probably the only reason Troy Taylor or Troy uh, Williams was in the race was because he was an upperclassman. Because night and day difference, he's a better passer, he's more accurate, and his athleticism, his speed aside, his decision-making and his poise at the quarterback position really is amazing for as young as he is. He is making good decisions. He gets out of the pocket. He may he may get out of the pocket and give up on some uh some plays a little early at times, but I think he's got I think he's improved. He has. Especially from spring and fall, now two games in, I think he has improved. But when in he that gets aspect. out of the pocket, he's not forcing it. And if it's not there, he's throwing it away or at least getting some positive yardage. So I mean those that right there were night and day better than we've been in the past. I can't believe it. the throws he makes on the run 
They're unbelievable. I, I can't believe it. They're so accurate. I, and the the control <laughs> and they're bullets. The, yeah. They're it's just so smooth. Like I it, he makes it look easy, you know, how he's doing it and and I mean obviously, you know, he he still has a lot to do, a lot to learn. He, he's still, you know, a young college football player. But I think you're you're dead on. This is what I think the coaching staff had in mind what they've been envisioning. Um, and, and really, it's kind of funny that a lot of these talking heads in the state are now eating crow about how <laughs> he can't throw, how Utah's completely abandoning the passing game, but yet Huntley goes out and throws 300 yards on BYU. Well, and he did it with ease. That throw off of his back foot, 50 yards down the field to uh, to C.O.C. Wilson. I mean, with a guy in his face fading backwards, and he just ropes that sucker out there. He's got the if factor. He's he's a leader on the field. I loved. I you both know how much I loved Travis Wilson, and how I thought to an extent he got a bad rap. But Travis did not have that. At least that was visible behind the scenes. He may have had it. But what was what was visible to the fan base? He did not have that those leadership capabilities. Wait, wait, is there going to be a parade for <laughs> Huntley Scott? <laughs> oh, they're uh, are they sizing up the jacket? We're we're gonna get uh, Trump's jet out here, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> party. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm really impressed with uh, what he's been able to do, and. Uh, he, he's just out there having fun. He just he makes plays. He brings he brings an element that we just haven't had, quite simply. And so, and and what's interesting is we've seen, according to a couple guys on the team, thirty percent of the offense. So there's still a lot to come. You know, we we even through BYU, pretty vanilla. And against San Jose State, we're going to see probably a lot of the same. San San Jose State's run defense is horrendous. So we're going to run the ball all day on them and uh, we still may not see much through the passing game and, I, and i'm the okay the game this weekend against san diego state is a good opportunity for them to clean up the penalties and the mistakes that have been hindering them in the first two games and eliminating scoring opportunities so i don't anticipate that they're going to open up the playbook any more than they already have uh well, they, they need to clean up the penalties because right oh my now gosh. we lead the league. At least we lead the league in something, uh, but it's penalties. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, 10 in the first week, 9 last week, um, averaging over 100 yards in penalties is ridiculous. It's inexcusable. And if you want to win games, especially games in the Pac-12, we can't be doing that. Well, especially there, there were a couple drives where we did not penalize ourselves and we moved the ball at will against BYU and it and quite and just made it look easy but then we just it just crept we we get something going we get some momentum and a penalty followed by another penalty and all of a sudden you're you're second and 15 to 20 and it's it's hard to get out of that you know especially against a good defense so those those are the things they've got to clean up we're we talked about earlier still not very good in the red zone um, but really the thing that stands out about me is, as you look at everything is our third down conversion percentage. Witt says he wants us to be about 50%. Do you guys know where we're at right now? 20%. We are nine of 28 
which is 32% on third down, which is not very good. Against BYU, I think we were only three of nine, four of nine, if I recall correctly. So just we have got to get better in that, and we will as the the offense is gonna is gonna continue to improve. I think the timing's gonna get better, but uh, it's a good thing we really haven't had to play a good team yet. All right, I definitely agree. Hopefully, the offense can get their act together, especially with those penalties. I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor. Our brought to you by DoubleTree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown, one ten West, six hundred South. They are the preferred hotel of Pac-12 teams when they're coming to Salt Lake. So they're a great, great spot to grab a bite before or after the game. They have a great bar. If you're in need of a conference room, they got you covered. Or if you just want to do a staycation, hit them up at 801-359-7800. Tell them Cam sent you. (laughs) All right, shifting our attention over to the defense. Again, defense, I thought for the most part, played lights out. Uh, the touchdown in the third quarter really was on the offense for the fumble uh, deep in Utah's territory. And and then, you know, uh, the defense gave up um, seven points there in the last couple minutes, uh, but then got the stop uh, to win the game. Overall, I think defense played really well. Uh, Booby Hobbs. Booby. You got to give it to Booby. Great Boobie. game, had a pick. For as much crap as I want to give Booby, he, he played well. He stepped up. And Jalen Johnson, what a stud he's going to be! Yeah, he's. I, 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 going into this game, I was pretty nervous about the secondary. Even though Mangum is not what he used to be, and he has not looked well, I thought, you know, we maybe we just was wondering how how we would show up and show out in the secondary. I came away extremely impressed. I thought, uh, really. Very few missed assignments. Guys were covering well. The scheme was excellent. Scally put together a great scheme. He called a great game. And, and he was confusing. Was I mean, it is Mangum, but I mean, he was confusing him all night long. Blitzes coming from everywhere. Corner, safety, linebacker. I mean, they were coming from everywhere. Another big surprise to me from the game was Cody Barton. I think he played really yep. well. Uh, he came in, and it showed that you know, he had a great fall and, and is coming into this season. And I've been, you know, critical of Barton in the past. But overall, I, I you know, I think he had a, a solid game coming in and, and filling where he needed. Well, I, think, he, I think the linebackers in general have, have really performed quite well through two games. Well, they should. They're ranked the, the top of running <laughs> linebacking core in the Pac-12. Thank I mean. you, Tuberville. <laughs> this this napkin in front of me has more personality than Tuberville. <laughs> Yeah, that that broadcasting. Booner looks like a Hall of Famer <laughs> as a play-by-play, that, that or as a color guy. Broadcasting crew was rough, and and good luck to, to BYU. They have them again this coming Saturday. At least they'll be ready. They got all their preparation done. <laughs> they, they hopefully they change the. They're worse than me at pronouncing names. That's how bad they hopefully were. They get the 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 name right, and it's not Tyler Mangum. It's Tanner Mangum. <laughs> Well, if uh, whatever they call, uh, whatever these referees call will be the correct call. <laughs> Back to you, Johnny. Oh, they See, were so unprepared. It was ridiculous. They were really bad. They And they could care less. They gave as much effort as BYU did in that game. <laughs> 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 All 
But no, I mean the linebacking crew really looked looked pretty good, especially losing Sania so early in that game, which that was a stupid play on his part. I mean, we're not BYU. Don't go for the headshot, especially when he's giving himself up like that. He's down. Don't lower the helmet. That was just dumb. Yeah, well, I mean, it it looked like he was. I I can't even justify it because it was no, a bonehead play. It was stupid it, by the letter of the rule. It it was targeting. I mean, you can't deny it. Uh, Got to be smarter out there. Well, and it was um, a pointless one too. You didn't exactly. get anything out of it. He's already down. I will say, um, Wit talked about that in his press conference. Wit handled it very appropriately. Didn't throw the, his player under the bus, unlike some coaches down south who threw their punter under the bus all week. It was really nice to have a class act like Wit really stand up hey, for his Hey, the good guy. news is we knew he was scared to death to fake it. <laughs> so we could just uh, <laughs> make the punt returns a little bit easier. But what stood out to me was really the defensive line. Mocha Fisi. Mocha Fisi is one of those guys we don't talk all that much about. He doesn't get nearly the pub that uh, that Lowell gets. And uh, I I think he's one of the just he's a star on this defense. He's solid. He's not flashy, but he gets the job done. That that pick that Lowell knocks out of the air falls into Mokafisi's hands, which led to our only touchdown of the game. So it ended up being a pretty important uh, uh, turnover and, and score. But I. I, I'm I'm really impressed with this defense. I think they're again we're two games in. The competition hasn't been very stiff yet, but I've been very impressed with uh, with the defense overall. And as young as we are, especially in the secondary, you know we're just going to continue to get better and better as as the season goes on. Here, it was nice to get Donovan Thompson some game time experience too. If anybody else goes down later in the year, well, and he, and he did a good job. I mean, he did. I don't recall his name being called all that much, but he, you know, he was he was solid. He wasn't uh, missing assignments or giving up plays. So, yeah, overall a, a good performance by the defense, but uh, got to continue to take steps forward. We don't know if there's any legitimacy to the rumor, and with being on Twitter, it could be not true. But there was uh, some talk about Hanson being hurt on the second-to-last series and uh, possibly could uh, need some surgery and might miss a game or two. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that plays out. He probably won't be missed if that's the case in the San Jose State game, but it'd be well, nice he, to get him back for the Arizona game. You may be able to even go without him in Arizona. That's how bad Arizona is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I did see a picture where he had a, a, a brace on his hand or kind of his finger. I don't know if that's the injury or uh, I think I saw Sataki bite it on the sideline. <laughs> that's what BYU does, but um, I'm not quite sure. I can't confirm that. Uh, my last points about this game, guys, I, I thought really stood out. Special teams, Matt Gay, four for four on field goals. Now, I do think it's great that now, the last two kickers, and Phillips and Gay, both w- looked at BYU, and BYU didn't want them. And so they come up to Utah, and so far, I mean, it's two games in, um, but he's looking like like the real deal, the starter and kicker, yeah, starting and, kicker. And that's awesome. The interesting part is that 
he hasn't missed yet, which you know, and jinx it. He'll probably he, eventually he'll miss something during the season. But well, now you did it. <laughs> but that race between him and Chaden Johnston was supposedly neck and neck, and uh, all Johnston did was miss a forty-five yard field goal by inches, and he lost his job. Yeah, that really is too bad. But I mean, you got to give credit to Gay. He was given an opportunity and he's taken full advantage of it it. and i mean some guys are just they're better when the lights come on and some are better when the lights are off in practice and uh so i mean he seems to be up to the task i mean he was he grew up a byu fan and to be able to go down into provo and uh and do your job that tells you a lot about uh about him early on so Whittingham today did say that there is potential, and I don't know the backstory to this, but there is potential that they will try and get him back a year um, for a medical hardship at the end of the season. So we'll uh, we'll see on that. But uh, yeah, so far so good. He's uh, he's doing a good job. Uh, and the last one is, uh, of course, Mitch Wisnowski. game saving game saving tackle. Well, yeah, but. What was the deal? Why didn't he kick it out of the back of the end zone? Yeah, I don't know. That was his bad for not doing that. But because it, every other one was he's, like he's three yards consistent. out of the back of the end zone. He's been consistent this this year kicking it out. But he's got some wheels, which is why why we have not seen a fake punt from him yet. Blows my mind. He's got wheels and he's he's built like a linebacker. Uh, he averaged fifty yards a punt. I, that's the only thing I can I can think of is. He he can pin teams down, and that one that he that hit the goal line and backed up—I mean, that was just inches oh, away yeah. from being fantastic. That's enough talking about kickers. I know they pretty much won the game for us, but that's enough we need to talk about them. But really, looking at this game, it really reminded me of games that I've read about with Utah history, and something that I know my great grandfather told me about one time. <laughs> Is your great grandfather Bill Warcroft? Because I remember Bill. I was sitting on his lap, and I said, "Poppy Pop, tell me a story." The year was 1971. Nixon was roaming the White House, and Watergate was running rampant. Gene Bazilic was running all over BYU. The Utes were down and rebuilding this year. They were headed into the rivalry game at a whopping 2-7. and seven. The game was in Provo. And as the saying goes, everything blows in Provo is absolutely true. Scooter Longmire passed for some yards that day. I don't remember how many because it was a long time ago. But the Utes won 17-15. It was a game much like we just witnessed on Saturday. It wasn't very good. This was brought to you by Bill Marcroft. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How I allow you guys to do that every week so far is beyond me. <laughs> oh. oh, good golly. One Our Bill these, Croft One moment. of these weeks we're actually going to get Bill Marcroft on here. All right, Utah takes on San Jose State this week. And this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Farmers Insurance for protecting your home, vehicle, and family. Look to Farmers Insurance. Give Scott Omer a call at 801-307-4046. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. 
Hey, we, we should charge them more for doing the jingle, right? Yes, Scott, pay up. All right, so Utah is welcoming the Spartans into Rice Huckle Stadium this Saturday at 8 p.m. The game is going to be on ESPN2, where Utah's favored by 27 right now, open up at 26. And San Jose State comes in on the year 1 and 2, uh, their only win coming against Cal Poly. Uh, they got shot out last week um, by Texas, fifty-six to zero. And Texas got beaten week one. Are you guys thinking this game's going to be close? No, no. This is this is the type of game you go. You better have a good first half. I believe uh, I I saw today. Uh, San Jose State has been outscored forty-five to seven in the second quarter. So we need to jump on them early. Get Huntley out of the game and leave the entire second half to uh, to Troy Williams. Let him get some action. Just blow these guys out of the water. Keep everybody healthy for the following week, which is Pac-12 opener against Arizona. So this uh, this should not be a test in the least. So the Spartans are coming in with a rookie head coach, Brent Brennan. If I'm saying that right, you guys know how bad I am with names. He coached uh, up with, uh, with Gary, Gary Anderson, Anderson. Uh, wide receivers. Um, he's switching their defense to a 3-4, so I think they're still trying to figure that out on defense. Are they still trying to figure out their San Jose State? That, too. I think one of the reasons why they're switching is because they were so bad with the rush defense last year, and it looks like they really haven't improved No, that they are much. awful. Um, defensively. So really, that's all I have to say about the Spartans. Utah should come out and just roll them. I'm, I don't mean to be an arrogant Utah fan, but really, it, it shouldn't be close. Well, you're coming across that way. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and pick the score for the Utah game. Ryan, you're up first. Obviously, I'm picking Utah to win big. I'm going to go 56-7. to seven. Scott? I'm going to go out on a limb and say the score will be 52, 52 to 3. And uh, to top it all off, they will bring the drum out at the start of the fourth quarter <laughs> just to piss the fan base off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, as I said, San Jose State was picked dead last in the Mountain West. They're I mean, again, I don't mean to be rude, but they're just not not up to the level of Utah. So I think Utah wins thirty-seven ten, um, and I only say thirty-seven because I think I think we're gonna pull a lot of guys out. Yeah, but our our backups are better than their starters. <laughs> when I say pull a lot of guys out, I mean pulling our third stringers out. So. <laughs> we we don't even put a team out there for the fourth <laughs> quarter. See if they can score. All right, and they, we like to do every week we pick some Pac-12 games. The first one we're going to do is Old Miss at Cal. Ryan, who do you got? This is like a battle of the two most shady programs. <laughs> Cal's uh, off to a better start than I thought they'd be. Uh, but I think Old Miss goes in and gets them. Scott? All right, I've got uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss as well. I think Cal's luck of being 2 and 0 is about to dry up. Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Cal. The Golden Bears. Oh, you are living on Cal this year. Surprised 
many so far in the first two weeks. Again, I don't think they're going to get bowl eligible, but they'll be halfway there if you <laughs> if they win. Look, Ole Miss is only a three point favorite right now. Cal's at home; they're building something there. The Golden Bears got this. Don't don't fail me now, Berkeley. <laughs> All right, next one is Texas Longhorns traveling to USC to take on the Fighting Trojans. Ryan, who do you got? I'd really like to see Texas go in and beat them, but uh, I think USC is too good. USC will get them at home. Scott? USC is really good. Um, yeah, I'd love to see Texas give them a loss, although it doesn't do anything in conference play, but I'm going to go with the Dirty Dirty Trojans. The way USC just manhandled Stanford last week, holy cow, that was a beatdown. This USC team is good. Um, they usually have a breakdown at the beginning of the year, and their coach is about to get fired, and then they pull a, something out at the end of the season. But I don't see that happening yet, so I'm taking the Trojans. And then our last game is Arizona State is going to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Ryan, who do you got? And Arizona State is off to an awesome start. Not. Uh, I'm going to go with Texas Tech this week. Scott? I'm going to go with the Texas Tech. I'm taking, are they the Red Raiders? Is that right? Who cares? The Red Raiders in their gray unis. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Speaking of gray, did you see Iowa State this last weekend? Uh, uh-uh. Oh, that is why you don't go gray. Awful. Is it yellow and gray? It looked like just for men designed their uniforms. <laughs> Just for men. Okay, and I'm taking Texas Tech as well. So I think that will do it for us tonight. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? You can find me, but before I tell you where you can find me, I would like to present to you, this This hit the the interwebs just uh, just this afternoon and i think it's important that we bring this information to the listeners they understand where we stand with an important part of this team who happens to be overseas at the moment uh, his name is elder covey and he has a message for you what's up youths it's your boy elder covey <laughs> number 18 elder covey down here in chile just uh, want to send a quick video down um Wish the team the best of luck this season. I'm expecting a Pac-12 championship, okay? Good. Quick shout out to the receiving core, especially my the little speedster, Troy McCormick, who's gonna have a big year this year. Um, I'm doing great down here. I love my mission so much. I love it. I'm, I love serving the people of Chile, they're the best. I love my comp. He's, he's the best linebacker in all of Chile. Well, yeah. <laughs> Probably because he's no one in Chile has ever heard of football, and he's the only linebacker. So, but we're doing great, right, Elder? Yes. Vamos Jutes. Vamos Jutes. Bien. So with that being said, vamos Jutes. You can find me at Uteman underscore forever. That is Uteman underscore forever, forever. <laughs> with leather. <laughs> Vamos Utes. We'll be till I die, Kai.
And you can follow me and this podcast at Utah Man Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on iTunes and Stitcher. And please give us a rating on there. We always appreciate um, our fans giving us great ratings and comments. And until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Vamos Utes. Don't forget, he still has the opportunity to transfer to BYU. Well, good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. The word of the day is chartreuse. (laughs) If you use that word upon check-in, Cam will be awaiting you in the bathtub. Dividends in? Dividend, dividends? Dividends. Dividends. Oh, dividends. Dividends. <laughs> Did you learn that while you were in Tibet? <laughs> I can never say anything right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> must have just been your accent. <laughs> All right, so Utah's taking on San Jose State this week. Who? Zan? <laughs> I said Zan. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> the Zan Jose Zartans. <laughs> oh. They hail from the Zoutin West. Anyway. Maybe you should play a Stevie Wonder song in the background when you're talking about Zach Moss. <laughs> I'm such a 90-year-old lady. You would make Cameron... You would make a really good BYU season ticket holder. <laughs> you just think of all the arts and crafts time, the knitting, the uh, t-shirt making you could do I during hate him. a BYU game. You could be in section 4L, be part of the club. <laughs>